Hey everybody, welcome to the Bridgetown Daily for Monday, April 6th. Pray you had a great weekend and are feeling well rested and ready for the week ahead. And even if that's not true, the sun has come out in Portland. Thank God. I feel like, all right, I can do this with sunshine. Hey, today is the beginning of Holy Week. And as I was praying about the Bridgetown Daily last week, I had an idea. What if for Holy Week, we ran a week-long kind of mini-series on contemplative prayer? And here's my logic. My personality type in particular is bent toward anxiety. And all of us right now, I think, no matter what your personality is, are dealing with anxiety at some level. We need now more than ever to come back to our breathing, to the here and the now, and above all, to God. And the best way I know how to do that is through contemplative prayer. Now, for those of you that are new to Jesus or prayer, what is contemplative prayer? Well, it's a category of prayer. St. John of the Cross, who has been called the great cartographer of the spiritual life. He was this kind of 16th century Spanish mystic and a sagacious teacher of contemplative prayer. And he once said, quote, our greatest need is to be silent before this great God, for the only language he hears is the silent language of love. Contemplative prayer at its most basic is exactly that, silent love. It's a way to move beyond praying with words and even beyond thoughts and feelings to silent love. Or in the language of Jesus, to abide in the vine and bear much fruit. That's from John 15. The word translated abide there is meno in Greek, the original language, and it means to make your home in or to come to rest in. To abide in Jesus is to make your home in God and to come to rest in God and let God come to rest in you. Jesus is not talking here about a type of prayer where you ask God for things, though there is a time and a place for that, 100%, especially right now in our pandemic. I'm praying every single day for an end to it. But I think Jesus is talking in John 15 about something else that likely goes well beyond words and hence into the territory where metaphor is how you teach it. Think of a vine and a branch. Where does the vine end and the branch begin? It doesn't really. Where do we end and where does God begin? It doesn't work that way. We're well into the realm of metaphor here. But most of us, in particular if you have a kind of Western linear mind like myself, we're not used to praying without words. We're used to talking and filling up white noise and space with language. And we're definitely not used to praying kind of even without or beyond or below our thoughts and our feelings. As a result, we talk to God or talk at God even worse, and we don't spend a lot of time just listening to God, and we often have little to no peace even after prayer. Our thoughts and our feelings race through our nervous system, and we feel like we're on this kind of emotional roller coaster. Martin Laird, in his book, Into the Silent Land, which is a really nice book on contemplative prayer, has this great metaphor of the weather on top of a mountain. And his metaphor is basically that our thoughts and our feelings are the weather. You know, like the weather on top of a mountain, they come and they go all through the day and all through the week and by seasons. We have sunny days and we have stormy days and we have dull, gray, boring days. 
But below the weather of our thoughts and our feelings is what he calls Mount Zion, this deep, rock-solid kind of part of you, what the writers of the New Testament call your spirit. That is where we abide in the vine. In the beginning of prayer, all of our attention is directed at the weather, and as a result, we often think that we are our thoughts and our feelings, but we're not. Thoughts and feelings come from all sorts of places, not just from Mount Zion, that deep part of us. They come from Jesus. They come from scripture. They also come from the devil or from the media or from a billboard that we're walking by or a conversation with a total stranger. But as we grow in prayer, we realize, oh, wow, there's a deeper I, a deeper part of me that thinks my thoughts and feels my feelings that can watch almost like an observer my emotions come and go from a deeper place that is at peace in God. And it is right, don't hear me, don't hear me wrong at all. It's right and fitting to pray to God with words and with thoughts and with feelings. But I think it's also right and fitting at times to drop below the weather to Mount Zion, to drop below words and thoughts and feelings to abide. We must cultivate intimacy with Jesus in that deeper part of us. Otherwise, again, we talk at God, we don't listen. And even worse, we live at the cruel mercy of our emotions. We become the victim of our emotions rather than a witness to our emotions. But the first thing you realize when you show up to prayer without words or contemplative prayer and kind of attempt to move below your thoughts and feelings is that your main problem is your mind. It's distracted. You sit down to pray, you know, and three seconds later, it's like, squirrel, you're working on your grocery list or you're mad at your boss or you're freaking out over the economy or you're feeling a weird like tightness in your chest. And is that it? That's because your mind needs something to do. It can't not think. So the solution of that problem is very simple. It's not rocket science. Give your mind something to do. The most common way to do that is to let your mind focus on your breathing. Just watching your breathing has all sorts of benefits. We move from, again, victim of our emotions to witness to our emotions. We detach from their kind of level of control over our life. We calm down. We center. And that's all great. But taken alone, that's no different than mindfulness. You can do that as a Christian or as a Buddhist or as an atheist. What we're going for as apprentices of Jesus isn't just a calm limbic system. It's communion with God. You could argue that contemplative prayer picks up where mindfulness leaves off. And at its most basic contemplative prayer, all you do is you just add a breath prayer to your breathing. The most famous one is called the Jesus Prayer, and it's just very simple. Jesus, or Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. Others pick a line from Scripture. Mine right now is from Colossians 3. Let the peace of Christ dwell in your hearts on the inhale, since as members of one body you are called to peace on the exhale. The goal, though, is less to meditate on scripture. That's another daily practice for me. And it's more just to give your mind something to do to open up space inside your spirit to welcome God's spirit. And when distractions come, not if, but when, you don't beat yourself up or, you know, think I'm bad at this or I don't like this. No, you just turn, you got to adopt a non-judgmental posture and you just turn your distractions over to God. When you first start, just honestly, one or two minutes of this is when, like, 
pat yourself on the back or whatever. Don't really, but you know what I mean. Five or 10 minutes is a home run. And you may want to use this kind of as pre-prayer, as a way just to kind of calm and center your mind and heart and body on God in order to kind of read a psalm or listen to prayer or whatever. Or this may become your prayer for minutes or for hours at a time. As you just, it will feel really weird at first, but as you get used to it, you will just begin to right off the bat relax into the presence and the peace of God. One last word for the week ahead. You know, the danger with doing a series on different types of prayer, like contemplative prayer or listening prayer or imaginative prayer, is that we utilize them kind of like a technique. Technique is a late Western obsession. Some cultural commentators have called technique a kind of secular superstition. It's an attempt to control the outcomes of our life and our world, which in reality are out of our control. We think, you know, if I just utilize the right technique, then things will go the way I want them to, whether it's in parenting or business or health and fitness or in prayer. When we bring that technique kind of heart posture to prayer, we attempt, and this is often at a subconscious level, to control God, to control our experience of God, to control our spiritual formation into people of love and joy and peace. But prayer, in particular contemplative prayer, is about yielding over control or the illusion of control to God. It's about giving and kind of letting go, not grasping. And one of the first things you realize when you take prayer seriously is that you're not in control, not of God, not of your experience of God, not of the voice of God coming to you and of your felt experience, not of your own spiritual formation. God is the shepherd, Psalm 23. We are the sheep. He is in charge, and that is so freeing. Our job is just to show up and say yes to God. As Ronald Bullheiser, one of my favorite teachers on prayer, says, the first and most basic rule of prayer is very simple. Just show up. So to end, let's just take a minute and do a short, not a, not a short version of this, not to hurry, but just to kind of put it all together. I invite you to stop whatever you're doing, put your feet on the ground, become aware of your body, of any sensations in your body, any thoughts running through your mind or emotions running alongside them. Now just take a moment and just watch your breath come in. Just hold it at the top for a few seconds. Watch it go out, almost like you were blowing out a candle, but trying not to spill the wax. Just a, a gentle kind of inhale and exhale. Now, just add a breath prayer, whatever you want. Lord Jesus Christ, on the inhale. Have mercy on me. And as you do it, when your mind starts to wander, when, not if, just come back. Come back to your breathing. Come back to your prayer. Above all, come back to God. And even now, as you're breathing to start your day or in the middle of your day, just orient the intention of your heart toward God in silent love. 
First, receive the love of God into your spirit by the Holy Spirit. And then just give that love back to God in gratitude. To end, you know, for this week's benediction, I want to pray over you a line I love from Julian of Norwich in the 14th century. She was an anchoritess, a woman who set apart her entire life for quiet prayer. And at one point in her life, she was really sick. There was a disease going around, and she thought she was dying. She ended up living through it for another few decades. But at the time, she was very scared. And in prayer, she had a vision of Jesus. And he said this to her, and I just want to end by reading this over you. All will be well. All will be well, and all manner of things 